Hey, thanks for joining us at Praise Chapel. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with Pastor David Dijerina. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Take your seats tonight. Uh, John chapter 5, if you have your Bibles, I'm going to tell you I am an evangelist tonight. I just feel the spirit moving. I told God, I said, God, I don't want it to be normal. I don't want it, I don't want it to be regular. If I'm too loud, you could go sit in the back. Uh, but I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit is going to touch you. Uh, there's going to be miracles. There's going to be the power of God released. Uh, I'll tell you, I feel saved tonight. Amen. I'll tell you why. If you drive in L.A. over two hours on those freeways and you don't cuss, you're really saved. Now you're really saved if you cuss and repent later on. But my God, it's just how you know it's just when when you can just survive LA freeways. I I mean I survived LA freeways. I've been here for 21 years. I go to Michigan on a winter day, not even two hours landing, I get in an accident. Thank God it wasn't my fault. I got rear-ended. But just not even two hours in the Mercedes-Benz, boom, I'm like, no. (laughs) Thank God for insurance. How many want to do something for God? How many want to touch the world? How many know there's people here you, you, you discredit yourself. You don't think you'll ever do anything for God. You come to church. Uh, you know, this is your life. This is just you. You come to Praise Chapel Paramount. Uh, and to you, that's all you have. But I want to hear, I'm here to tell you tonight that there's so much more to your life. I want to show a little video that just stirred me and, and just did some things to me. And it, it's, it's from a Navy guy. I'm going to give him a break. You know, uh, <laughs> Marine boot camp is tougher, but you know what? He, 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 he speaks it out good. So, so I just want to show this clip real quickly. It's about a three-minute clip. If you'll just bear with me tonight. Come on. I'm here ready to change the world tonight. See, don't underestimate who you are tonight. Don't underestimate what God can do in your life. See, the problem is there's been a failure. There's been a setback. There's been a shortcoming. Something that has kept you from achieving everything that God has for your life. See, I learned a long time ago, life doesn't give you anything. You got to go fight for it. I was on, my mom was on welfare. We were poor. We were poorer than poor. We were, it was just like, not even, pass, I would pass down my own clothes to myself. It, it, it. <laughs> But I made a vow, you know, uh, we became 17-year-old parents, and and I made a vow, you know what, I'm not going to allow my kids to grow up like I did, I'm not going to allow my kids to go without a father, I'm not going to go through, allow my kids to go through the struggles that I did, and I'm going to do whatever I can to do to give them and provide them a better life. And I want to tell you, somewhere in your life, you're going to have to fight. And you're going to have to say, I'm tired of the devil kicking me in my teeth all the time. I'm tired of being down. You know what, God, you do have a purpose for my life. You do have something. You can change the world tonight. You can change the world. It's up to you, though. It's up to you. I want to look at John chapter 5. And and there's so much things in this 
scripture. I'm going to try to shorten it down and, and, and get through this tonight. But I want to just really challenge you tonight to allow the Spirit of God to speak to you so that you can do great things for God, so that you can be that one that brings hope to somebody else's life. So let's look at John chapter 5. So this is a story about the, the sheep gate at the pool. Here's the man that's been there for 38 years, uh, and, and he's just waiting for the water. So the, the rumor was, or the story was, that when the water stirred, whoever was the first one in the water would get healed. So I don't want to read the whole thing, so I'm going to start at verse 6. Uh, John chapter 5, verse 6. You can read this on your own later on. But in verse 6, it says, When Jesus saw him laying there for... He knew that he already had been in that condition a long time. He said to him, do you want to be made well? See, this is a question that Jesus asked you tonight. Do you want to be made well? Yeah. I don't care what your shortcoming, what your sin, your pastor like committed great sins. Well, you're welcome to the club. Paul said, I'm the, I'm the chief of all sinners, man. I got to beat my body in subjection every single day. If we live in the world, buddy. Guess what? That's why Jesus died on the cross, Amen. to give us that hope Amen. so that we can be a hope to somebody else. Are y'all with me tonight? He said, the sick man answered him, sir, I have no one to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am come, another one steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise Take up your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. Now, I came here tonight to prophesy over somebody. Like this man at the pool of Bethsaida, you've been overlooked. You've been crowded out. You've been passed over. You've been outrun. You've, pushed, you've been pushed out. You've been stepped on, whatever it may be, but you're getting ready to get in. I want to stir you tonight that you'll get back into the race, back into the fight. You've been like this, man. You've been looked, overlooked. You've been uh, dreaming about certain things, talking about it. It hasn't came to fruition because of whatever that setback uh, that you have and you need a miracle tonight. I can imagine this man staring at the water, watching for the slightest ripple. Could you imagine just sitting there all day waiting for the ripple? Year after year after year. Can you imagine if it's been 38 years that this guy has been there waiting Missing out on opportunity. He said he's missed out many times. Every time I get ready to step in, somebody beats me to it. Have you ever been, have you ever been the, the, that person that the next, they ran out and you're the next one in line? Been to the theater, sorry sir, we're full. I can imagine this man just staring or watching. Can I tell you, the water is going to stir tonight. Don't miss it. Because for hours and for days and for weeks and for months and for years, uh, he watched the water uh, for a minute. Uh, he dozes off, and as he dozes off, the water happens to stir, and he misses it. Can I tell you, there are times when God's spirit moves that if you close your eyes and say, I'm going to take a breather, it comes. Look at the ten virgins. 
He says the story for a reason. Five were ready. Five were not ready. They didn't prepare for that moment. You and I need to be prepared for when God wants to move. Say, God, I'm ready. What will you have me to do, God? Could you imagine missing out? Could you imagine he had dozed off and all of a sudden he hears, I'm healed, I'm healed. He wakes up, I missed it again. His heart sinks as he realized it. I missed it. Somebody else got in ahead of me. See, I'm talking to someone tonight that you've watched other people getting blessed. You've watched other people getting healed. You've watched other people get promoted. You've seen other people get their new car and their house. And, and you've been waiting and, and waiting and waiting and saying, God, when is my opportunity uh, going to come? And it looks to you from all the evidence that it will never be for you. But I'm here to tell you tonight that it's coming. I'm here to tell you tonight that the Bible says, be not weary in doing good for in due time you will what? Uh, you will, if you faint not, you will reap. And the Lord says that, 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 that you and I need to take the limitations off of him. That don't restrict him tonight by your past. Don't restrict what he wants to do because of the things that you've done in the past. I mean, no, all it takes is one decision and your whole life can change tonight. Don't restrict him to past methods or, or past experiences or past manifestations. I mean, no, it's so easy for you and I to live in the past. It's so easy for you and I to live in yesterday's victories. For years, the sixth man was afflicted. He was feeble. He, he, he would come to the pool and he waited for the, for the movement of the waters. But on this particular day, God chose to move in a new way. Here is Jesus standing in front of this man. Jesus, the word Jesus who healeth and is healing and is blessing and wants to prosper. Jesus who is who is the fulfillment of everything that he has been dreaming about is standing right there in front of him. Yet, the impotent man's mind is still on the pool. He could believe for a miracle, his breakthrough, but he couldn't see beyond his past glory. How many know God is bigger than everything he's ever done in your past? Yeah. See, yes, God's spirit was in the pool, but God, but the pool was not in God. Here, let me say it again because I can't even see. I'm going blind. Yes, God's spirit was in the pool, but the pool was not God. God is bigger than the last method he used to bless you. For one blind man, he touched his eyes and he was healed. For another blind man, he spat on the ground, mixed up some mud, and put mud on his eyes. This man almost missed his miracle because his faith was still attached to the poor. He was expecting his miracle to come in the water. How often you and I are expecting the same thing. There's men in here, you have such great qualities. But you won't do anything for God because you're waiting to become a Bible study leader. 
You're waiting to be asked to pray over service. Big whoop. You want to pray? Go pray for somebody. Get so saved. It's not what we do up here that gets us up here. It's what we do in the secret that gets you in the spotlight before God. He almost missed his miracles because it didn't come the way he expected it. And when you need a miracle from God, you have to give God some latitude. To use whatever means he desires to get it to you. See, if you're not careful, you can miss the glory. You can miss the blessing. You can miss the miracle you need simply because it doesn't come in the package you were expecting. Some of the, waiting for that promotion. And God's offering you another opportunity over here that's bigger than that little puny one that you have now. I want to tell you, God will blow your mind, listen to me, if we can allow him to be God. God will blow your mind if we allow the Holy Spirit to begin to guide us and to direct us and show us the way. I mean, no, God can, if God can use a dirty bird to bless. That's what he used. He used a raven to, to feed the prophet Elijah. The problem is that we're so gung-ho today, if we see a raven, we're going to shoot the doggone thing down. <laughs> there goes our blessing. <laughs> see, many times it's not the devil that keeps us from receiving a miracle. It's narrow-minded religious attitudes that try to do God's business for him. God bless me, God. Here's how I want it and when I want it. And then we get mad at God when I don't receive it. God, I want a baby. Well, maybe you might have to wait till you're 90 years old, just like Elizabeth. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> See, we put restriction on God. We try to regulate God. Come on. This man almost missed the person with his blessing because he was still attached to the poor. His breakthrough had come, but it didn't come the way he expected it, and he almost missed it. He was so locked into the past, his past experiences. This is the only way I could get a breakthrough. This is the only way. Oh, unless I have that evangelist come lay his hands on me, I won't get healed. Might as well throw out the Bible because the Bible says, oh, anyone that believes. Yes, there is the gifting of healing and all that stuff, but how many know there's believers in this place? I'm sorry, if I, if I, if I lose my track of thought, you could blame Rob. Sanji Lobos, he gave me the he he gave me the, my espresso cappuccino thingy tonight. So <laughs> see, he cannot break 
get his breakthrough and miracle, he thought he had to scratch and push and crawl and fight. Can I tell you, God's miracle often comes in ways you least expected it. How many know a lot of this revival, a lot of visitors we get are through Instagram? How many know that's new for us old school guys? Instagram, what happened to good old outreaching? Well, pastor, they're all at home locked up in their room on Instagram. They don't even answer the door anymore. (laughs) And then I begin to think about that because I'm like, you know what? I don't answer my door either. (laughs) But that's a miracle that's coming to this church that wasn't something that we used to do. But having a, a hip pastor... And great other assistant pastor, Pastor Isaac and Rudy, that they're able to function and all the talent that we have in this church and all these computer guru kids in this church. I call them kids because anybody younger than me is a kid. I know I don't look it, but yeah. yeah. Listen, your miracle, your blessing, your breakthrough is here and it's not in the pool. It's in the person and it's not in the works. uh, It's in your faith. Yes, faith has works. The Bible says faith without works is dead. But you can wear yourself out trying to work your way into a blessing. You can wear yourself out trying to work yourself into a miracle. You can wear yourself out trying to make things happen. Trying to get people to recognize you. Trying to open doors for yourself. Trying to get a platform for yourself. Trying to convince God that you deserve a blessing that you deserve a breakthrough, that you deserve a promotion. Yes, faith has works. But faith culminates not in trying, but in trusting. How many know I don't have to wrestle God all the time? How many know there's times I just need to nestle and get close to God? How many know oftentimes I don't have to wrestle with God? I've noticed that the closer I get to God, the more humble I become. That all of a sudden his miracles and his blessings begin to follow me. I want to encourage someone this evening who is on the verge of quitting. Or maybe you're on the verge of, of, of... Not turning your back on God per se, but shutting down. Turning off the switch of faith. You begin to question, is this even worth it, God? Begin to examine, God, did I do something? Why doesn't blessing follow me? How come I can't get ahead? How come I see everybody else getting blessed? And then we begin to get on Facebook, I hate life. <laughs> can I tell you something? Uh, it's not even my notes, but have a, can I tell you something, honestly? 90% of the people on Facebook do not care what you're going through. Right. Can, can you all agree with that? 90% do not care what you're going through. 
and the other 10% are rejoicing that you're going through what you're going. Ooh, I wish I was lying, but it is true. People are oh, about time. They, get, they got what they deserve. Oh, there's, there's evil people out there, folks. I kid you not. It's called Facebook gossip pages, man. They're, they're, have you ever seen somebody like something two seconds after you posted it? Dude, it's two in the morning. What the? It's like they're grabbing precious or cell phone precious. Oh, somebody posted. Oh, yes, yes, get him. There are people shutting down, turning off the switch of faith. You question if it's even worth it. Can I tell you, somebody's dream is on life support tonight. And you're on the verge of pulling the plug. You've been in this fight of your life and you just don't feel like you've got any fight left in you. To you, I say, hold on. Can I tell you, faith never quits. Quitters never win and winners never quit. Can I tell you, the difference between success and failure is getting up one more time when you fall. It's trusting God. God, I fell again, Lord, but I know that the grace uh, is sufficient for me. You're going to help me through this uh, one more time. Never give up. Never quit. Can I tell you, your faith will carry you through. You never know what breakthrough is coming tomorrow. Oh, Pastor, we don't know about tomorrow. You know, the Bible says we don't know about tomorrow. I, you know, read the Bible. Read the Bible. Honestly, read the Bible. How many know there's a tomorrow? Amen. Okay, I'm either going to wake up tomorrow here on earth or I'm going to wake up tomorrow in heaven. But there is a tomorrow for Christians. There really is. So I have hope tomorrow. Something is going to happen. Paul says, I want to be with you all, but I also want to be with my Lord. And there's people in here, you need to get some kind of excitement in your life tonight and, and not give up and trust God just a little bit more. See, one of the main ingredients of this man's miracle was his persistence. You know, I, we can say whatever we want about this guy, but how many know he was persistent? Can you imagine going, I don't know if it's 38, say he had the illness for 38 years. Could you imagine going there every single day believing? Others have beat you out. Others have won. Others have stepped in right before you. You've missed your blessing, but you show up anyways. See, he had something old folks call gumption. See, this generation doesn't know about gumption, but I want to preach to you about gumption tonight, young people. Can I tell you what gumption is tonight? It is the grit. It is guts. It is backbone. It is having a backbone. You know, when I, when I was coaching my kids' uh, 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 basketball team, I said, guys, listen to me. I'm not going to give you a participation trophy. If you do not get first place, if we do not win the champ, you're not getting a trophy. But we paid. I don't care what you I give you your daggone money back. You're not going to get a trophy from me. You got to earn a daggone trophy. It's called backbone. 
And I want to tell you, these kids became fighters. These kids, they were playing basketball one time. They whooped somebody 72 to 2. I had all parents mad at me. I said, teach your kid how to play basketball then. <laughs> it's, a, it's a competition. Oh, but we got to be nice. Who said we got to be nice to them? It's competition. <laughs> Can I tell you something, church? Is the devil nice to you? Ooh. Is he nice to you? And yet we, oh, we're flying. Oh, the devil, the devil, the big fat devil. Oh, we're so scared of him. See, we need some backbone to rise up and stand against our situation, our problem, and the devil. It's that kind of thing that, that is part of our character that, that won't let you just lay around and be lazy and feel sorry for yourself. I'm sorry if you're depressed. I've never been depressed because I got too much to live for. Maybe get saved, give your life to Jesus, and fight the fight. And I'm sorry if that offends somebody, but I'm going to say there's got to be something in you that wants to live and live the best that you can for, for, for Jesus. You know, I, I heard a quote the other night. He said, you know what? I don't fear death. I fear my life not counting for something. Yes. Oh, that should wake some of you up. Yeah. That should wake some of you up tonight. That your life won't count. And then you're going to stand before God. Oh, I made it to heaven. And then all these missed opportunities shown. All the people that we could have won for Jesus, but we are over here feeling sorry for ourselves. We lost and let, allowed opportunities to go right by us. Is this too harsh? Is this real? Because I want you to make the most out of your life. It's right here, church. There's nothing special about me. My God, there's nothing. I used to be, a, you know, the Holy, it's a, that's why I said, let's get a hold of God. Because if the Holy Ghost doesn't show up, I'm, you know, here was my first speech in a science class. I had to give an oral speech, and I'm like this. I wish I was lying. And then I begin to sweat. My teacher said I turned red as an apple. I was so nervous and dying. But I want to tell you, since the Holy Ghost showed up, I want to tell you, I can speak, I can preach, I can do whatever, because greater is he that is within me than he that is in the world. And I want to tell you what you need tonight. You need some gumption. But gumption alone is not enough. It's one thing to have gumption. But it's another thing to have unction. And unction is another word for anointing. And Acts chapter 1 verse 8, Jesus said, but you shall receive power. That means unction after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And when gumption and unction come together, then you have some power to function and begin to do great things for God. He had been in that cause for a long time, but he never gave up. He woke up on this particular morning and everything was the same. And I want to tell you, maybe you woke up this morning and everything was the same. What he didn't know, that was, this was a day for his miracle. And can I tell you something this evening? This is the day for your miracle. Now, was this man a random choice? I don't think so. I think Jesus came to this man because 
of this old man's own words, he kept coming. He might have been outrun. He might have been ran over. He might have been crowded out. But his persistence kept him coming back and coming back and coming back. He kept coming back. He kept coming back through the pain, coming back through discouragement. And let me tell you tonight, church, there's people in here, you need to keep coming back. You need to keep coming back through your divorce. You need to keep coming back through your bankruptcy. You need to keep coming back through your confusion. You need to keep coming back through your betrayal. You need to keep coming back through your rejection. You need to keep coming back through, through, through that loss of a family member. You need to keep coming back and letting God be God. There's some of you, you just need to poke your neighbor around and say, you know what, I'm coming back. I'm coming back. I'm wounded, but I'm coming back. I'm hurting tonight, but I'm coming back. I'm confused tonight, but I'm coming back. I'm battling depression, but I'm coming back. I'm dragging my leg, but I'm coming back. I may even have to be crawling up in here, crawling up to the altar. I want to tell you, if you could crawl up to the altar, you crawl to a good place. I know that as long as I keep moving, I I won't die. You got to make up your mind. If I'm going to die, I'm going to die moving. I'm going to die moving towards the direction of my miracle. Oh, he died way out. I don't want to be in a desert place. I want to die in the place of God. I want to die where God is calling me. I might not reach it all the way, but I want to be in that direction. I'm going to die like the the woman with the issue of blood uh, whose hand stretched out to to touch the garment of Jesus. We got to keep on moving. We got to keep on moving tonight, church. Not somebody tells you, you got to keep on moving. Don't slow down. Don't give up. How many know movement is a sign that you're still alive? There's some of you tonight, can you twitch? (laughs) If you can't twitch, can you squeeze your fingers? If you can't squeeze your fingers, can you move your toes? If you can't move your toes, can you blink? If you can't blink, uh, 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 stick your tongue out. (laughs) Roll your eyes. Just do something to tell the devil that you're still here and you're alive and you're still moving. You're next. You're next. Nice about time. I'm next. Don't be jealous. I want to tell you, God is a God, and he does all, doesn't always do things the same way. He can change the procedure anytime he wants. All these people are gathered around a pool waiting for their turn. See, sometimes you just need to get out of turn. You know what? Okay, I don't know if I should say this, but you know what? That's okay. Pastor Omar will fix it on Sunday. <laughs> 
If you're following someone that ain't doing nothing for God, stop following and start following somebody else. You know what my requirements were? Because I, I always set the, set the I, I was like, you know what? I don't want people to do things that I'm not doing. I was always at prayer. You know, if your leader's not at prayer, ask him, hey, what, what, what went your prayer? Were you sleeping, brother? Is that pillow too heavy? Is that blanket too? You got one of those weighted blankets? See, there's people that are praying for a breakthrough but not praying. Pastor, I dreamed that I was praying. I was getting a hold of, I, I was getting a hold of God for eight hours. Is it true? All right, we're here. Okay, let me give it up. See, Jesus completely bypassed the pool. I got to get going here. Can I tell you something? Somebody's getting ready tonight to get the blessing of God. Can I tell you something tonight? Favor ain't fair. Favor can do for you what no amount of education can do. Favor can open doors. Favor can elevate you. Favor can change people's mind about you. Favor will cause money to come to you. Favor is a magnet that draws the blessing of God in your life. Favor will cause people to bless you, and they don't even know why. Favor will cause people to like you, and they don't even know why. Favor will take you from the back and put you in the front. See, favor will completely reverse a situation. Just look at wicked Haman. He was trying to destroy the children of Israel, and God turned it all the way around and hung his behind up on the thing. It was God's favor that allowed Esther to go in front of the king and save her people. Favor can completely reverse a situation. And Jesus said to that man today, rise and take up your bed and walk. And immediately, without hesitation, without delay, he was made whole. Is there anybody who has some immediate faith? Some right now. I want faith now. Not when I get to heaven. I want faith now. How many of you won't need no faith in heaven? I'm already there. Uh, wait till I get to heaven. I'm going to have a lot of faith. You're already there. We need faith here now. I want to move mountains now. See, faith is the substance of things hoped for, for the evidence of things not seen. It was like, 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 like Paul and Silas, like, like Joseph in prison, like Daniel in the lion's den, like Shamrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fiery furnace. You may be in your midnight hour tonight. It may be the darkest hour of your life. But, I, but what I really like about the midnight hour is no matter how bad it is, how dark it is, it's gone in 60 seconds. As soon as the, 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 the break of dust begins to come out that sun, how I many know it begins to shine light in the darkness? One moment and your whole life can change. I feel a turnaround coming for some people tonight. There's something about God that when it's your turn, it doesn't matter where you're standing. 
Listen to me, listen to me tonight, listen. It doesn't matter where you're standing. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in the back, sitting in the middle, sitting in the front. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if there's more people here more qualified than you. It doesn't matter if you are voted less likely to succeed. It doesn't matter if you're one of the biggest and the strongest or the weakest in this church tonight. It's the fact that if God sees you, don't devalue who you are. 1 Corinthians 1, 27 to 29, but God has chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things that which are mighty and base things of the world. The things which are despised has God chosen, yea, and the things which are not to bring to naught things that are that no flesh for glory in his presence. When it's your season... God moves you to the front of the line. When it's your season, things that you're struggling with all of a sudden begin to come together. I'm trying to close, but I can't close. If I can have the, the, the worship team come, I can't stop talking about David here. David was out in the fields tending sheep, out of sight, out of mind. Listen to me, I'm getting ready to close, but I want you to listen. This is very important. From all natural perspective, he was not even in the lineup when Samuel came to anoint the children of Jesse. Samuel tried to anoint Jesse's son, but the anointing refused to come out. But when the Holy Ghost said, David, it's your turn. David went from obscurity and insignificance to a person of interest and a center of attention. Samuel said, send for him. We're not going to sit to meet until he comes. And when he came, he was anointed in front of all his brothers. The ones that, the, the, the brothers that thought that he was a nobody. He's just a shepherd boy. He doesn't do anything. He's a nobody. He's a runt. Is the one that God brought to the forefront and made king of a nation. One person can make a difference. I want to ask, who will that one person be? Something you have been waiting for and pressing for and struggling for is getting ready to come to you. God says, I've been watching you. And you may have been overlooked by others and you have been, may, maybe been left out by others. But God is saying, you're my choice tonight. I want to use you. I want to elevate you. I want to promote you. I want to I anoint you. I want to raise you up. Doesn't matter what anybody else thinks. I mean, no, the only person that matters is what God thinks. And if God says, you know what, it's your time. It's your time. How many know you have to do it? So I want to finish this tonight with the same question. Do you want to be made whole? See, I can preach it. All of us can preach it. But you're going to have to make a decision tonight to grab it and apply it and live it 
and say, God, it's my turn. It's mine. God, I want your anointing. God, I want to get closer to you. Uh, God, I want some, some gumption uh, and I want some unction so my life can be a function. I want to function in the Holy Spirit. Uh, God, I want what you have for my life. Uh, God, I want to be able to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover. Uh, God, I want to be able to speak in tongues. Uh, God, I want to be able to prophesy. God, I want to be able to, to that, that my words will become manna into the ears of other people. God, I want my life to be used. But you have to grab it tonight. There's, there's a decision that's going to be made. You can stay in your seats. And say, oh, that was good, Pastor. That was good. I don't care about the... That's, that, anybody can preach. But when the Spirit of God is moving, the waters are stirring. Will you grab the opportunity and say, God, here I am. Use me. I want to be used. I want it for my life. God, you're going to save my marriage. God, you're going to save my kids. God, you're going to bless me. God, you're going to help me in my finances. This is my night. I've been waiting for this, God. This is my night. I want my miracle. I want my healing. I want a fresh start tonight. God is here. He's called you. He loves you. And he's ready to move in your life if you receive it tonight. If I can have every head bowed and every eye closed in reverence to God. Reverence to God. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.